Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pure Chats podcast. I'm always excited to introduce our guest, but this guest is especially special to me. Hannah, who is a nutritionist, was actually one of our very first kind of partnerships with Funkit, and we've definitely grown together, which has been really fun. And even though we've never met in person, I feel like I know you very well, Hannah, because I've seen your journey, and we're going to be talking a lot today about wellness, what the journey is, and how it's not always fun. Like I think Instagram is such a highlight reel and there are so many highlights to like changing your lifestyle. But today we're really going to be digging into the nitty gritty of why we decided to change, why Hannah, especially you have a great story around just kind of little changes you've made and then what those look like in your life. So if you're listening, you're kind of over the BS of just hearing everything so great about wellness. We're going to be showing you both sides of it today. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the hard, the sad. So Hannah, do you want to kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about you, what you've got going on, and then we'll jump right in. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm super excited to connect with Kate. Like she said, um, I reached out to Funkit about a year and a half ago to kind of start my journey getting off birth control. Um, but I started my account Nourish Girl about the same time I reached out to them, actually. And just kind of share, like Kate's been saying, the nitty gritty of starting your healing wellness journey, the ups and the downs. I think that something I've learned is healing is definitely not linear. There's a lot of things that happen that I think are good and bad, but they really teach you about yourself. And I just am so appreciative of this space on social media. And I think connecting with people, really learning just what kind of makes us feel our best and navigating that and just being as open and honest as possible. Cause I think that a lot of us can relate to each other. It's just about kind of figuring out how we talk about these things. So. Yeah. And you do an amazing job of that. So yes, I forgot we met when you were coming off of birth control. Let's start there because I feel like that for so many people, myself included, is this very eye-opening experience. So what made you kind of want to get off birth control? And then what has that journey been like? Sure. So I got diagnosed with PCOS when I was 16. I had really bad um, cystic acne and it just kind of put me in a spiral with anxiety and depression and all of the things. And so I started seeing a naturopath. She got my blood work done, did all of that. It was a great journey. I learned a lot about PCOS, but I think the time I was in just being 16 and so kind of at the end of my ropes with just how insecure I was with my anxiety, um, I turned to traditional medicine and I got on birth control. And so I was on that for three or four years and everything seemed to be going okay with my skin. My acne cleared up, which was great. I think it helped normalize my life in a lot of ways. And it kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. Um, but it also kind of ruined my mental health and it really clouded my judgment. It gave me the worst brain fog. And I think I was just overall, I didn't feel like me. I had gained a good amount of hormonal weight and things were just adding up. And so um, a couple of years ago, I randomly looked up what the effects of birth control was and kind of went into a spiral of just 
kind of what it does to our bodies instead of just masking the symptoms, but how it really affects us. And I saw this girl's YouTube video about how she had PCOS and she started seed cycling. And so I saw her grinding up the seeds and doing the whole thing. And I thought, I'm going to do that, but I want to see if there's a company that can do it for me. <laughs> and so I looked up on Instagram, seed cycling and funk it came up. And I thought, wow, this is such a cool, trendy, modern brand. They're talking about hormones and periods, something that I was super uncomfortable to talk about. Um, and so, yeah, I reached out and connected and they were the sweetest team ever. And I've been taking the seeds since. So it's been great. So fun to hear like the whole like background of the story, because obviously like I don't know all of that, like from mine, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so excited when you reached out. You were like so fun. Um, but I think you brought up a really good point about birth control because it did a similar thing for me in high school too. Like there are like pros and cons to it at, on some level, it can give you that sense of normalcy. It can help, especially, you know, mask those symptoms and allow you to gain confidence. But then I don't think the mental health aspects of it are talked about enough because in high school, I feel like people just assume you're hormonal already. And so then it kind of gets all chalked up to, oh, just teenagers, you know, whatever. But it can have some pretty serious mental health side effects. So it's really great that you noticed that because it took me well into my mid-20s before I even ever realized that could be a connection. It was just crazy because when I got on birth control and I was talking to the gynecologist, she explained to me, you know, there's no cure for PCOS, at least medication-wise, of course. Um, but she didn't explain to me. She kind of just told me, yeah, this is going to balance out your hormones and, you know, your symptoms are probably going to go away, but you can never get off of the pill because if you do, all of your symptoms are going to come back. And so I was super terrified, but she didn't tell me any of the mental health side effects, of course, because why, <laughs> why would they? Um, but it just, I mean, I'm glad I noticed, but it still, it felt like forever until I noticed that it was this pill because I mean, for three years, I was just so different. And like I said before, I just didn't feel like I was even in my own body. I didn't know who I was. And it's just so sad to me that yes, birth control is amazing for so many different reasons, but it also, if you don't absolutely need it, it's so hard to kind of stay on it because it's just insane what it does to us. I can't get over it. That was one of my biggest things too. And I have a similar view. Like I do think it serves this awesome purpose, but then I look at just like how detrimental it can be to people. And it's just, it should come with a bigger warning label in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so getting diagnosed with PCOS at 16 is actually, you know, pretty early compared to a lot of people, you know, who are on birth control, they don't find out for a long time. Can you walk us through like what that was like being 16, being younger and maybe not like, you know, you didn't get that much information about it. What did that diagnosis feel like? Right. So I started my first period when I was in eighth grade. And from then on, I was probably having a period a few times a year. And I thought that was normal because I just figured in, you know, your adolescence or whatever, your body is still kind of adjusting. So you're not going to have like a very regular cycle. But when my acne started getting just worse and worse, I felt like nothing was getting better. And so going to this naturopath, the first question that she asked me was, how's your menstrual cycle? How regular are you? And I kind of looked at her with just like a blank stare saying, uh, I don't know, a couple times a year. And she, like her jaw dropped and she goes, we need to get your blood work done. And so 
you know, when she was explaining to me my testosterone being raised, I wasn't producing estrogen. That was kind of also foreign to me still being 16. Um, I just wanted her to kind of tell me, how do I clear up my skin? Cause I'm done. I can't, I wasn't going to school. I was so insecure. I was doing home. I was doing school, um, at home and I was just so depressed and it sucked. And so as she's kind of teaching me and doing acupuncture, Chinese medicine, all of the things I was so just kind of burnt out, I think, from trying with all of these things. And, you know, especially looking at all of my friends who didn't struggle with acne, I was kind of the odd one out. And now adding on to that, I'm doing acupuncture twice a week. I'm on like a keto diet for my blood sugar. I felt so weird and I just wanted to kind of feel normal. And I think going on birth control, as hard of a decision it was, it was also so easy for me because it made me feel like everybody else. And then my skin cleared up and I still felt like everybody else. And then I was able to kind of gain confidence to start partying and talking to guys and doing more things that just made me feel so normal. But on the flip side of that, it also made me so much more depressed and anxious. And I was having constant chest pain. I was sweating all the time. Like there's just that other side of it that kind of glamorized. Why do I want to be like everybody else when all of this other? You know, it's just, it was tricky. It's so tricky. And I don't think it's talked about how much our periods in adolescence can actually impact confidence, mental health, like all of these different things. Cause I started my period really early and I felt so different than all of my friends. And I felt, and I also had ac hormonal acne and that was a big reason for going on the pill. And it was like, I just didn't want to think about it. And I think at that age, it's just like so programmed in us to want to fit in. And now, you know, hindsight's 2020, we can look back and have so much compassion for our younger selves. But in those moments, I can still like pull myself into that feeling of just like that gut wrenching need to want to fit in. And it's very real. And I think hormones and periods and everything that comes with that, like when we don't understand it, it just makes it so much more complicated for us. Exactly. I think it's so interesting because since starting my health and wellness journey, I've wanted to do everything in my power to not be normal anymore. And I kind of just want to be not like everyone I was surrounding myself with and just do my own thing completely because those things that are so different from everyone around me that they were doing, it made me feel like my best self. And it was uncommon to be so invested in like hormone health at 20 years old, but it's what I wanted to do. It's my passion. It's what I love. And I've noticed that as I'm trying to live more for myself and do the things that make me feel good, the more happier I am, the less anxiety I have. But it's hard because I still hold on to that 16 year old self that couldn't go to school because I was so insecure for my acne and having to go to doctors for my period. Like I still hold on to that self. I can have compassion for her now, but it's still hard kind of navigating, okay, I'm growing up, I'm in this new person, I'm doing these new things, I'm bettering my health, but it's hard to kind of let go of that because we want to hold on to our younger selves, but it's hard. It's really hard. And I think early 20s, like looking back, having like, I think the early 20s is some of the hardest, most complicated emotional time because you're trying to figure out, I mean, I think your whole twenties, I think your whole twenties are these amazing, really fun time, but you're just constantly trying to figure out what do I want? What do I like? What's my, like, it's so interesting when you have that. Cause even, and it, 
choosing a journey that's different than others. So, you know, like we both don't really drink and like all these other things, it can get a little lonely. And I don't think that people really talk about that. Like, you know, it can get lonely and you can still feel different. And then that 16 year old self like creeps in and then you start to question yourself when you're like, well, why don't I just do this thing that's bad for me? Or why don't I just do this thing? I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. And like, and you know, like, I'm not saying you should never go do things that you think are fun with your friends, but do you ever feel that too of like, it creeps in and it just gets you. It's like this All feeling. the time. I mean, God, the last two years of my life have been the loneliest. I've had, and I try and explain this on my social media or even when I'm meeting friends now, I have no friends. And it's so hard to live like that, but it's also like, it's what is supposed to happen right now. I haven't found my people. I'm trying to kind of navigate my 20s. I'm trying to take care of myself, my mental health. Um, all the time I go, I get frustrated with myself. Like, why can't I just go be like so-and-so and go party with them and kind of, who cares? Like, I'm young. Why can't I do that? And I know it's because I don't want to. And that's going to make me feel like shit tomorrow. Like, I don't want that repetitive cycle for myself. So as hard as it is, you have to prioritize the things that you know are going to take you into the life that you want. But yeah, I mean, it's been so lonely. Luckily, having this space on Instagram, it's kind of given me a sense of community, which has been so nice. And it really has helped me. But I mean, I'm just in my room at my house where I grew up and I'm just kind of taking it day by day. But yeah, it's not common. I mean, I don't follow much people, many people that I grew up with, but I know they're all partying right now. It's summertime. They're all home. And I'm just staying out of it, but I know I have to for my peace and for all of it. So, and like, I think having that in your early twenties, that like self-awareness is just, in my opinion, incredible because my mental health suffered for so long. And for me, like this podcast can turn into all about how we don't, we don't drink anymore, but, um, it turned into like thinking about mental health and like what stereotypically is seen as fun and seen as exciting and seen as the way you should be living your life, like this movie. And I had the same realization, like that doesn't align with me anymore. And not saying that that can't be other people's journey, but for me, like, it's just not my journey. And it's interesting to see like how that changes. And then you do find your people and it does get better. And then, you know, like the further you go into your twenties, like the more you're like, you know what? I really just don't care. Like I want to love myself. And I think that's like the biggest thing that's underrated in wellness is truly falling in love with yourself. And that is like the peace. And that's where the true healing comes from. Mm -hmm. I put so much pressure on myself when I started college to kind of have what you were saying, that movie experience, the sororities, the parties, the friends, the memories. And I quickly realized that wasn't for me. And so then I started to do these other things that felt more like me. But it's just, we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of go with, I don't know if it's society standards or just what we're kind of grown up to know and feel and all of those things. Um, But it's just with the drinking thing too, it's so, it's hard because you want to do these things because you know, they'll be fun or whatever, but if it's not going to bring you utmost peace and just feel like you're yourself and kind of take you into this life 
that's going to take time. But if you actually just have the patience and do the things, it's going to get better soon. You just have to kind of have that blind faith. And I've had to do that over the last few years, just know, okay, a lot of what I want hasn't happened yet, but I'm doing all of these good things. It's going to, it's going to happen. I'm going to find my people. I'm going to find fulfillment and whatever. I'm going to find that self-love. That self-love is so hard because I always thought it was just kind of doing those acts of self-care or doing your skincare in the morning. But I realized the self-love is so deeply rooted within us. And it's really kind of surrendering in a way to your past self and your past experiences and kind of just having so much compassion and love for all of them and all of those times and not being our worst critic. I feel like so many people can relate to that. We're so hard on ourselves every single day. And it's like, for what? How is that benefiting us? <laughs> it's just, it's that common negative like spirals we put ourselves in. But if you just kind of go back to who you are as a person, that self-love is going to happen. And I think, yeah, it's going to take time. And you maybe never be totally in love with yourself or whatever, but it'll get better. That is just, yes. I feel like this podcast is like speaking like straight to the soul. Like this time it's like, cause it's just, it's so true. And you know what you just said about like, these things haven't happened yet. I was listening to Liz Tran's podcast today called the reset podcast. And she said something that really, I think relates back to this podcast. And it's like, just because all the things you wanted to happen, haven't happened yet. Doesn't mean you can't be happy. And I feel like that's just the counter of everything we hear. It's do this, get here, become this, do, and then, then you can be happy. And it's like, actually, you can find little moments of joy along the way, even if it is hard and it can be a little lonely. And I don't know, like, I think it's, I think there's so much more. And, and like, I loved what you said about it's not just doing your skincare routine, like, because I thought that too, like, it's, I think it's just, we see, oh, if I just do these things, I'll fall in love with myself. And it's actually like so much deeper than that. It's so much more work and it's so sticky. Like sometimes it's not fun. No, Most this, this journey isn't fun really in so many ways. And it's funny because as rewarding as it is, it's hard every single day and it's hard for different reasons, but it's so rewarding. And I kind of have that mindset of just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to. I think that I've kind of put myself in that position where, okay, I can't be happy until this happens, or I get this, or, you know, especially in my position, I go, well, until I move out of my hometown, I can be happy. And I was kind of going back the other day, actually, with my mom saying, why can't I be happy in this moment? Why can't I love myself now? Why do I have to wait until you know, if someone's struggling with their skin or their weight or their confidence, whatever, you can actually just be happy and love yourself. Now it's a choice. You don't have to wait because ultimately, I mean, I moved around so much when I was younger for college and stuff, because I thought these places were going to make me happier. And they didn't <laughs> because that happiness comes from within you, not from other people, not from other sources. I think it can give you temporarily temporary relievement or whatever but true happiness and stuff it's all within us so I think you just have to like take that conscious choice to start now which is hard because not everybody wants to be happy which is like a whole nother thing but I don't know 
No, it's so true. And like, oh, this is just like straight to the soul. Like everybody needs to hear this and just like take it in. And, you know, like you said, there are, it can be really sicky, but there can be really beautiful things. And what are some of the things that like truly do light you up and do bring you joy? And do any of them surprise you? Are they like things you didn't expect to really enjoy about this journey? I think oddly enough, as hard as it has been, spending so much time by myself has been so cool because I've learned so much about who I am. And I think it's just, it's brought me confidence knowing I can hang out by myself. And I don't go in, sometimes I go in spirals for sure with like my mental health, but overall learning to enjoy my own company has been really cool. Um, I think learning how to eat foods that make me feel really good has been cool, especially helping my hormones and kind of treating my PCOS holistically since I'm not relying on birth control anymore. Seed cycling is a huge part of that, but there's also those small things that I do every single day to really help me feel good and to keep my skin clear and all of that. Going off of like the sticky stuff you were mentioning, it made me think of yoga Um, because a huge part of that is kind of breathing through the sticky stuff and you know that discomfort isn't something that we should fear from and I've learned that a lot practicing yoga I do that so much now and it's really helped um, kind of get me out of the house too because especially just doing school and stuff I can be at home all day Um, but kind of just finding those small things I can do outside of the house has helped so much. But yeah, this journey has been amazing. And yes, it's hard still. And I know it's going to still be hard for all of us that are on it. Um, But I think it's just taking it day by day and learning to enjoy the small things, I think. Yeah, amazing. Well, if no one's told you today, I'm so proud of you because it's been so cool watching your journey. And you know, It's one of those things where it's like, is the beauty of social media is getting to meet other people in the same life phase as you and working on the same things. And it's been really cool and inspiring to see your journey and to see you grow and, you know, really create a whole community online. Because I think a lot of people feel like this. And I don't think a lot of people feel like they can talk about it because I don't know, like we've talked about so much of society tells us what we should do, how we should feel, who we should be. And I think when you rebel against that, it can get hard. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. It's really cool. Like, I just am so glad we're connecting because I kind of started this whole thing and then also reaching out to you guys. So it's cool to see, you know, you guys evolve and your company grow. And it's been so special and having all my funk seeds in the fridge right now. Like, I just love it so much. And I think that the message that you guys share and the space you create for women and just people in general to just talk about things that are so uncomfortable for so many of us is really important. So I thank you for that. Well, thank you. And for everybody listening, if you're going through the same thing as Hannah or me, you can reach out to either one of us. You know where to find us at Funkit. Hannah, where can everybody find you? At Nourished Girl. I love it. And is there anything else, like just one last thing, if people are listening, they're going through this sticky journey, like what do you want them to hear before we sign off? I think to just be easy on yourself and don't put the pressure. It's going to happen. It's all going to work out. Just take it day by day and it'll happen. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and thank you everybody for listening. We love getting to share and be open with you. And if you're going through this too, we're here and just tune in for the next episode and we'll be sure to give you lots more inspo for your wellness period journey. But thank you so much, Hannah. Thanks.